0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Welcome to the debut episode of the I Love Gold podcast. I am Tyler Brook, joined alongside first timer in the podcast game, Caleb Smith. Caleb, how are you doing, man?
2: I'm doing all right. Yeah. First time uh, next to a podcast vet here, Tyler. Um, I wouldn't go that far. (laughs) (laughs) I'm excited to be here. Yeah, it's my first time on a pod. Uh, Born in Madison, raised in Green Bay. Um, You know, that's where the fandom is really born from. I don't know if that qualifies me with a lot of Packers fans. I'm sure it does. But um, yeah, I'm excited to be here, get things going.
1: Yeah, man. I, I think it's nice for me, you know, being a transplant Packers fan from Indiana when we were trying to set this up for Acme, Acme Packing Company, um, you know, having someone from the Green Bay area, I thought was going to help a lot. I thought we really clicked going into this, so I'm excited, man. Um, a little bit about myself for those who do not know me: I have been in the game for almost a decade now, which makes me feel like I'm getting up there. Um, but you know, back and forth at Bleacher Report, uh, fan duel, fan sighted a little a Yahoo sports in there. I've uh, been pretty much all over, but you know, born and raised a Packers fan, not because I lived in green Bay or anything. And I don't think Caleb knows this either. Uh, the reason I'm a Packers fan is I was just obsessed with cheese as a kid. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, um. so it started with that and then watching Brett Favre throw a football. I think it was just game over from there. Being from Indianapolis, I do feel like, my entire football fandom has been spoiled by good quarterback play. You know, what a weird year it is to start this podcast. I think, you know, maybe the last ride, but we'll see. One question I wanted to ask, uh, Caleb, just for like our listeners and everything, you know, as a Packers fan from green Bay, who was like the guy growing up that was like your favorite player?
2: Yeah. Yeah. This is a great question. My guy, it's, it's gotta be Chuck, uh, the OG number 21, uh, we saw a video recently, him talking to the whole squad, uh, talking to the final 53, really resonated with me. He's, he's giving these guys a speech about, I mean, it still breaks my heart, the fact uh, you go back to that 2010 Super Bowl, him breaking his collarbone, um, a guy like that who just gives everything to a franchise, one of those guys that comes into Green Bay, I feel like the fan base really embraced him and he embraced us. Uh, which is huge Absolutely. when you come in here because we we live and breathe the Packers. Uh, I think I can speak for a lot of people when I say that. Um, so he's a guy, just watching him fly around the football field, man, was it fun. He was just a ball hawk in every sense of the word. Um, you always felt like a play was coming when 21 was on the field. So it's it's got to be Chuck for me.
1: You know, I'm, I'm going to probably go a little bit of a different route. There are so many guys you could name, right? I mean, Packers have been blessed with so many franchise players. Uh, I'm not going to go with Sam Congato as much as I want to. <laughs> I just think that was there was like that couple games stretch back in the day where that guy just came out of nowhere. What a story that was. But I'm going with two. Uh, I got to stay on brand. It's got to be William Henderson or John Kuhn. Those who know me on Twitter know that I'm a big fullback guy. Can't wait for the day where I have kids. They asked me what position I played in football. I told them fullback and they don't know what it is. So we (laughs) know what's a fullback. (laughs) We really got to like appreciate these guys for what they were, because now I look around the league and I think I can name. Two, actually, I don't even know how many I can name use check. I don't know if Anthony Sherman's still in the league. I see a good
2: one. Yeah. Maybe a Ricard from the, uh, there we go. There we go. We're up to three.
1: We're up to three. That's a man. That's a bummer. It's, it's funny thinking back on like the William Henderson days. I've every time I watch Brett Favre highlights now, I'm like, these offenses are unrecognizable. We got like wishbones. We got three running back sets out there, man. What a day that was back when fullbacks actually
2: mattered. What a day. Yeah. Henderson was um, he was big around the community, too. I know he actually ran a football camp uh, locally in Green Bay for a while. So he's one of those guys I think we really embrace as a Green Bay community. And and John Kuhn. I mean, how do you how do you say fullback without John Kuhn?
1: I mean, how awesome is it that he's staying around the franchise now as a was he like a reporter or something for Packers
2: yeah I think he does some sideline stuff yeah it's so good to see him around it's good to see a lot of those vets around from I mean I say back in the day uh that's probably 2010 2011 you know it wasn't that long ago
1: I think we might have aged ourselves with our audience just talking about the players we grew up (laughs) watching um but we can move past that um obviously as a new podcast we're going to be working on formatting quite a bit you know we're trying to figure it out you know along the way right um We'll probably have some recaps going forward once the games pick up. You know, it is game week. Cannot wait for the game on Sunday. But we wanted to open things up with a little bit of news and updates, you know, as far as, you know, what things we got to be prepared for, heard about heading into the week. Uh, First one, number one, this might be the most excited anyone's ever been about a special teamer, but we had a official punter trade.
2: Yeah, this is this is surprising when it's news, but I think I think Packer fans are relieved here. Um, you know, spending a pick on J.K. Scott, things didn't really work out. Um, there's probably a lot to be said there, but we bring in a guy, you know, a little over 50 yards a punt. Hang time is getting towards five seconds. It, it really does make a big, huge difference uh, when talking about the coverage game in, in the punt team, which has been an issue for a while.
1: Uh, so, yes, we officially cut J.K. Scott and are bringing in, I'm still trying to learn the name, is it Corey Bajorquez, something like that? What Do you, do you know this, Caleb?
2: Your guess is as good as mine. Okay. That sounds pretty good to me, though. That
1: sounds pretty good. We're going to roll with it. I'm sure we'll learn as the season rolls on. But, yeah, really interesting trade. Pick swap for 6th and 7th round picks next season, which aren't really picks, so big win there. And in return, we get a left-footed, punter who is an ordained minister. Uh, The thing I'm pretty excited about, though, is just that it is a guy with cold weather experience having punted in Buffalo. Uh, A story I heard literally right before recording, apparently back in the day when they played Green Bay, when he was, I believe, a rookie, he tried to do a jersey swap with Aaron Rodgers and got shot down.
2: Oh, that's golden. I didn't even know that.
1: That is, uh, you know, as like a punter, that is quite a move as a rookie to try and do that. But, you know, you got to shoot your shot. I kind of respect the guy for it.
2: You have to, and I'm sure Rogers does, too. I mean, you have to respect a rookie coming up asking for your J after the game.
1: <laughs> I do think that just with Packers fans, they've seen just horrid special teams for so long, particularly at the punter position. It, I don't think it's a hot take to say that this might have been the most exciting and biggest move of the offseason for the Packers.
2: I don't disagree with you. I think watching Cobby come back in is huge news for everybody having a true slot receiver. But this this is a big breath of fresh air. I think it's a it's a nice fresh start uh, for Packer fans looking forward to a better special teams unit.
1: Well, you know, time will tell if he can actually, you know, pay off this trade. Uh, I'm excited, though. I really can't wait to see what happens there. Uh, But moving on, we could probably talk punters for the full hour. Right. Um, But maybe (laughs) (laughs) maybe no doubt. Yeah, uh, get Pat McAfee on here, get a couple other guys. Uh, I'm pretty sure, you know, old Colts punter Hunter Smith is somewhere around where I live. We can go find him. Uh, but moving on, uh, other news of uh, the week, obviously, with Hurricane Ida, the game uh, week one against New Orleans Saints is being moved uh, and the ultimate location has been decided on Jacksonville. There were rumors about playing in Jerry World, which would have been ideal for Aaron Rodgers since that's basically his second home stadium. But no, uh, it's going to be playing at the Jaguar Stadium. Uh, are you buying into these rumors that the Saints chose Jacksonville just to make it more difficult for Packers fans to attend?
2: It's it's way more fun to believe these rumors because I, I I think it's absolutely hilarious. Um, you can't really go to a spot in this country, even outside of this country, where you won't find a pocket of Packer fans. So I am I am totally buying this story, and I'm buying the failed attempt by Sean Payton here.
1: <laughs> it is funny to think about, like I. I'm going to say I don't believe it because I feel like you have to have some common sense like what you said. I think when we first started talking about setting this up, one of the beauties of the Packers fans fan base is it travels so well simply because most of the fan base is not from Green Bay. Right. And, you know, I think we just look at me. We look at Justice. We look at a couple of guys in Acme Packing Company, but, you know, kind of littered all over the country, not necessarily born and raised Wisconsin people. So, yeah, I think it's still going to be. I'm curious to see what the turnout is, right? Like, do we get majority Packers fans, you think?
2: Yeah. Um, I was wondering the same thing, actually. I don't know what moving the game to Jacksonville does for Saints fans. I'm not sure how well they travel. I think they they have a similar passion for their team as well. Um, but I don't I don't see how this isn't, you know, some kind of a 50 50 split. Maybe not quite that extreme, but I, I see a lot of green and gold in, in those stands on Sunday this week.
1: Do you think it has any impact on the game playing in hot, humid Jacksonville instead of an indoor stadium like the Superdome?
2: Yeah, I think it might. I think um, anytime you go inside to outside is going to have an effect, I think, in, in, in the way you prepare. Um, I think there may be enough of a heads up here where maybe we could get some good reps in outside. We have that humid air in Green Bay right now, so we're not too far away from a Jacksonville type of uh, weather scene. Um, But yeah, I I do think it makes a difference, but it's both teams, right? You know, New Orleans is going into Jacksonville and has to deal with the same exact thing. Um, See if James's passes hang a little, a a little higher in the air for us. Um, But I think it's, it's got to affect both teams in in the same way. So I think, uh, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what happens.
1: Yeah. I think it would be a completely different story if maybe it was breeze out there or something. I don't know how much of an impact it has. I do think I believe the last time that they played in Jacksonville was that a few years ago. Uh, did feel like the offense was a little, a little cold to start. Was that week one a few years back? Am I th- remembering that correctly?
2: Yes, and I and I'm pretty sure it was actually in Green Bay. Um, I could be wrong about that, but I believe that was within the last few years. We probably should have that uh, noted here <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Tyler,
1: we really need an intern to you know fact check us just in the moment. Um, yeah,
2: definitely. Our, our our budget is tight for interns right now, but hey, yeah, uh, yeah. Fact checker.
1: If anyone if anyone out there is volunteering to be our intern, you know, just hit us up. You can hit me up on Twitter at Tyler D. Brook. We know we'd love a fact checker in the moment. Um, But moving on past week one, obviously we cannot wait for Sunday's game. Uh, I actually quick side note, I'll be at the Colts opener and I will be making sure no matter what, that I have that game on, whether it's on my phone or something, (laughs) just making sure I have that on Um, last bit of news before we move on to looking at the schedule and the rest of the season. Um, Pretty awesome moment. We talked about Woodson a little bit earlier, but uh, the Packers hall of fame class got announced, Uh, had a nice little ceremony for both Charles Woodson and Al Harris. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about Woodson's practice speeches as well. Man, that guy can just talk, you know, even in his Hall of Fame speech in Canton. Just anytime that man speaks, it just fires you up.
2: I, I was ready to put on the shoulder pads. I've never played football a day in my life. Disclaimer. Um, but I was ready to strap on the pads, put on the helmet and go compete for a Super Bowl after listening to this guy.
1: I mean, he is I think it's incredible. It's so hard for a player to establish a legacy at one franchise. And this man has done it at two, right? So the fact that he is still, I think the fact that he's still here and having an impact, I do wonder if that's a bit of this, this Rogers effect from this off season. It feels like maybe we're trying to mend bridges with these veterans that maybe didn't leave on the cleanest of terms. So I'm wondering if we see a little bit more of that this year.
2: Yeah, I think I think that's an excellent point. I think it it just brings us back to again that twenty ten era. I think Rodgers, um, you know, I don't want to speak for him. I think ideally he wants a little bit more respect for guys like Wood, who have come in here and embraced the fans and the culture and gave everything. He gave his collarbone for us to win that Super Bowl, you know? Um, it's it's great to see guys like that come back onto the practice field. A guy like LaFleur who wasn't around during his era. Um, embraces him, lets him speak in front of the team. Um, I thought it was a really cool moment, especially for those Packers that were around for Woodson's playing days. I think it was really special.
1: Well, I know Rogers always talks about like one of the moments they realized when they won that uh, one and only title in the Rodgers era was just that Ra- when he's speaking with Woodson, it's just like we, we have this team. Like and there's no doubt in everyone's mind that this is the team. And when Woodson brought that up for this year, I mean, like how can you not get excited? After two straight trips to the NFC Championship and falling so you know painfully short, uh, it does feel like it is a you know one last dance. I know how many times that's been overplayed at this point, even by Rogers and Devontae Adams. But uh-huh. every everything's in place right now for a Super Bowl run. And to hear that speech, I just hope that's something that they keep in the back of their heads the rest of the season.
2: Yeah. How can it not plant that seed? Right. I mean, I don't think Woodson is coming here and BSing any of the guys. I think he genuinely believes we have a shot at the title this year. I just think it's all, it's coming together in a pretty perfect way. I don't want to uh, get too far ahead of myself, but um, this was really cool to see.
1: Yeah. You know, we got a long season ahead and a longer season than usual too. I obviously do want to take a minute to, you know, recognize Al Harris too. I mean, that's one of those guys that I feel like his, you know, impact on the franchise has kind of been lost over time, right? You know, Green Bay isn't really remembered fondly for defensive back play, at least over the past couple decades. But the man did have one of the most iconic moments in Packers history, you know, making Matt Hasselbeck eat his words on that overtime pick six after the Seahawks QB said, you know, we're going to get the ball and we're going to score. What else do you remember about Al Harris that, you know, you finally remember think he's worthy of getting into the Packers Hall of Fame?
2: Yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head. This guy does get lost in translation over the years. I think we have a lot of excellent players to look towards when we think about Packers history. I think this guy, um, a shutdown corner during the Favre era, um, really fun player to watch. Him challenging receivers on the outside there, and you talk about the moment against Seattle. I still remember where I was for that exact moment. You know, I can I can place where I was. Uh, so it's it's one of those moments that leaves an impression on you, and I think. You know, as far as we can uh, overblow a single moment and talk about it enough, I just think it's it's a franchise defining moment, and a and title didn't come of it, but it's something that we as Packer fans, you know, me as as a Green Bay native, uh, remembers, and and he'll be in our minds forever, no doubt about it.
1: I, I do think it's cool that he got to come in with Woodson, because again, you know, even though they're not remembered for you know secondary play per se, the this millennium you know it was two guys that had a profound impact on that secondary so you know kudos to both woodson was a no-brainer but awesome obviously to see al harrison there as well let's go ahead and move on to a season and schedule preview you know looking at the schedule there's a lot i want to talk about but before we get into anything you know what are your thoughts on a 17 game season because i have some strong opinions
2: Tyler, uh, right off the bat, I'm going to tell you, it's still breaking my brain. It's it's been official news for a while now, and I still can't really uh, come up with a record that matches 17 games in my head. It's just it's breaking me.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Every time, every time I'm like, what's what's your like record prediction? Like, oh, nine and seven, ten and six for these guys. Like, nope, that's not right. Just uh, uh, it was at PFT. commenters always like I'm just going to add a tie to every game so he's like you know 10 6 and 1 just so your brain works so i'm like you know that's not the worst strategy i guess but i feel like as far as the years to have a 17 game season like what a brutal one for the packers you we got the nfc west the AFC north and then you add on uh, you know a extra game against the kansas city chiefs you know a team that's been played in back-to-back super bowls um but you know before we get into all of that let's obviously talk about the divisional opponents first you know Playing six games against you know what should be six wins, right?
2: Yeah, should be, should be. I think I think anybody can make a case for the Vikings to be feisty this year, but I I envision a six and zero in the division again this year.
1: It's just hard looking at the Vikings with everything going on there. I'm still not sold on their um, you know offensive line. Uh, you know some secondary concerns. I know they brought back uh, Harrison Smith on a big contract. But, you know, the other guys there, it's kind of a mash and I'm pretty sure Rashad Breland's going to be starting for them, you know, kind of a journeyman. He was here briefly in Kansas City. It's just I'm not sold unless their offensive line can really pave the way for Dalvin Cook and Dalvin Cook can stay healthy. You know, that's the only scenario I think they can make some noise. Uh, And then I think the other one is obviously worth noting is the Bears is as much as it pains me to say, I do think that they absolutely nailed their draft pick by taking Justin Fields. The real question is, you know, does he even start before he plays the Packers, at least the first time around?
2: Yeah, let's hope not, because this guy, this guy legitimately scares me uh, going forward. I don't know what it is. You know, he's he's not the first QB taken off the board. But the fact that he fell to the Bears um, shent, uh, sent sent a, a shiver up my spine for sure. This guy is a playmaker, big bodied playmaker. I just think he's an upgrade there. Uh uh, like you said, we'll see Dalton for the foreseeable future. But once they do make the switch to Fields, um, I, I don't think he looks back after he takes that job. I think he's going to be a really good player for them, as much as it pains me to say.
1: you know, Those that know me know I love covering the draft. I love watching all these guys. I've been doing it for quite some time now. When the Bears drafted Mitch Trubisky over Deshaun Watson and Pat Mahomes, and with Mahomes, I was screaming to the rafters at anyone who would listen that that kid was QB1, like, and it wasn't even close. No one has reminded me of Brett Favre more than Pat Mahomes. It was just, I just started laughing. The fact that you traded up one pick when the team wasn't even going to take Trubisky j- just to take a guy that, you know, it's now a backup in Buffalo. I had the complete opposite reaction <laughs> to the Justin Fields selection. I was sitting there, saw that they traded up, and I knew it was Fields immediately, but just like a small yeah. part of the back of my head was like, Mac, Mac Jones, you know, are they going to take, are they going to (laughs) take Mac Jones and, you know, again, all the credit in the world to Mac Jones right now, it sounds like he is really hitting his stride in New England, which, you know, for a kid with just one training camp, that's really impressive. But again, I think it's something that could potentially save Ryan Pace's job if they have a good enough season. Uh, I'm kind of hoping him and Nagy stay around because, you know, they have just kind of been the gift that keeps on giving for the Packers. But I, I can't see field succeeding this season as much as I like him. I think that offensive line is just absolutely in shambles. It might be one of the worst offensive lines in the league. Uh, I don't know how you, you know, risk your long-term investment in quarterback and fields by trotting him out there behind that line. I mean, we saw what happened in that Buffalo preseason game. He got like his head taken off.
2: Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah.
1: Do we even want to talk about the Lions or do we just move past that one?
2: I think I think we could ignore the Lions for now. Um, you know, I have to give a shout out Jamal Williams. I think yeah. he's going to make he's going to make an impact there. And I'm happy for him. It pains me to see him in another uniform. Uh, this team is a train wreck for now. So let's let's hit the skip button here.
1: Jamal is one of my all time favorite interviews. When I was at fan doing some draft coverage, uh, I landed an interview through BYU uh, with Jamal before he ever got drafted by the Packers. And let me tell you. He was the most positive, energetic, just nicest person I've probably ever talked with. And it's one of those guys that even though he landed with a divisional rival, like how can you not root for him? Like the constant dancing, all the jokes, feeling like SpongeBob, feeling like a mermaid. It's just it's one of those guys that's just he's going to stick with me for a long time just because that positive attitude was so infectious.
2: Yeah, absolutely, and and while I think we have perfectly capable backs filling his role, I it, it has to have some kind of effect on the locker room when you lose a guy like that. He seemed to be popular within the team, uh, like you said, within the community, obviously. Um, definitely one that hurts, but I think we have more than capable players that are stepping into his place and taking those snaps, those reps, those carries, those catches, everything. I think we got some some exciting young talent coming through the ranks right now.
1: Yeah, like it, there's no worries about the running back position. Uh, switching gears, getting away from the NFC North, because we obviously know they're just going to roll over, you know, the three divisional opponents. Uh, pretty tough draw as far as divisions go. They're going to be taking on the NFC West, uh, which is the Seahawks, 49ers, Cardinals, and Rams, and then the AFC North, Steelers, Bengals, Ravens, Browns. It's I think it's not only that it's just like a tough couple divisions to play, it's just the fact that you're playing them right now where all of Eight of those teams are at.
2: Yeah, exactly. And uh this brings me back. I think I was I was listening to a podcast recently where they were going over each team's uh win totals for the season. Um you scroll past a team like the Packers, where they're 13 and 3 the past two seasons, and you see that their expected win total is is set at 10 and a half right now, I believe. It could have changed in some books, but um, and I'm, I'm looking at that and I'm, and I'm saying, how, how can you possibly expect this team to regress like that when we're returning most of our starters? And in some places, we're upgrading. Uh, we're a deep team. And I think the one thing you turn to is this schedule. It's, it's, it's uh, exactly like you said, playing these out-of-division opponents, um, pretty tough draw. And then you have teams like that in there, feisty teams like uh, the Washington football team. Um, you know, and then getting the Browns on um on Christmas uh week what is that now? See, this is breaking me 16. Um <laughs> Yeah. I, I just think it's gonna be a really good test. I think for a championship team, especially, which is what a lot of us are hoping for. Um, this is the gauntlet you kind of wanna see a championship team go through and test their metal a little bit, but it's definitely gonna be Uh, several hurdles for this team to get through.
1: Yeah, I don't think playoffs are in jeopardy despite the schedule, but it is one of those things where it's going to force you to figure shit out pretty quickly, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. the two teams that scare me, I guess three teams you can talk about. I I always get nervous about run games, right? You know, just historically, we've watched teams just run all over us. Um, The San Francisco 49ers, I think, regardless of who's playing quarterback, especially if it's Trey Lance, I think they're going to have a really hard time stopping them. Uh, The Baltimore Ravens, again, another mobile QB, very run heavy offense. And then the Browns. I mean, you've got an offense that's just absolutely, I guess, both sides of the ball, they're just absolutely littered with talent. And Mm -hmm. it's like the first time maybe in my lifetime that I've ever been like, man, I would not want to play the Cleveland Browns this week.
2: Yeah, so weird to say that. Uh, Christmas Day, too. So hopefully Christmas comes early for us and uh, we get a Packers W on that day. That game's going to be at Lambeau, pretty special occasion. Um yeah, I'm I'm super excited to see what we can do with this schedule though. Um I think it's the test we need. Um so excited about it.
1: I'm I'm not too worried about the Steelers. Uh, I will say that. I think as talent as their defense is. I don't know how you keep Big Ben around, man. I think last season there were so many fluke wins where they were I think they went started like what 11 and 0. But just watching Ben throw the football is painful. It really hurts yeah. to watch. I think- Yeah,
2: one of those wet noodle situations, like we kind of saw with uh, Eli Manning, uh, his brother Peyton. Um, I feel like that last year in Denver, we saw it a little bit with him. Um, once those quarterbacks start to come of age, I know we have the you know best shape of my life hype behind Big Ben right now. He's lost some lbs, um, but I'm I'm also on the same train as you. I'm not as worried about the Steelers. I think they have talent both sides of the ball. Uh, but it makes me feel a little better knowing there's a near 40-year-old back there QBing the team.
1: The Cardinals are one where I feel like that should be a win, but things have gone so badly at that stadium, especially in the playoffs, that you know you never know what the heck's gonna happen. Um, I'm still not sold on their defense though. Again, another team with a lot of talent on that side of the ball, but when 12 is throwing it like he has been the past couple of seasons, it's hard to be uh it's hard to be too worried. The game, though, that 17th game we mentioned earlier, you know, getting Kansas City Chiefs tacked on, that one was just like really just piling on, right?
2: Yeah, kind of a WTF NFL moment. Like, I think that's a uh, for TV event. Um, you know, we're coming off of a short week. We have the Thursday night uh, against the Cardinals, as you mentioned, and then that game will be November 7th. Uh, so we get a little bit of a break to prepare. I'm just glad this is an end of the year thing where we might have some load management going on. Um, this is going to be a really fun one to watch, though. I mean, what a what a matchup! Two Super Bowl caliber teams here.
1: As uh, you know, obviously Packers fans were grateful for the win against the Chiefs, you know, a couple years back when uh, Mahomes was out. But it really did take away from what was supposed to be like one of those, you know, passing of the torch games, right? You know, just two absolute gunslingers, you know, airing it out. I am hoping that's what we get from this game. I would love nothing more than like a 50 to 45 final score.
2: Oh yeah. A classic uh, Chiefs Rams game that we got in what was that 2018 um, just back and forth between uh, the legend Jared Goff that we'll see in, in Detroit this year. But uh, something like that, I can definitely picture hopefully not with our loaded defense, but uh, it's it's hard to stop 15 over there in Kansas City
1: now. Obviously, we've just gone over you know a lot of the divisional opponents, everything. What is the game that you are most excited to watch this year?
2: I think it's got to be that Browns one. Um, you know, a team that's not historically in in that realm of possible Super Bowl champions. I think they're as jazzed up as anybody. You see the news. um they're not you know taking uh, national interviews. They're not putting themselves in the spotlight at all. They were all business right now in Cleveland. Um that game, week sixteen. Uh, Who knows what the records are at that point? I envision two teams with double digit victories at that uh, stage in the season Um, and really kind of one of the final tests before we start to gear up for the playoffs there, maybe give some guys some time off. Uh, You never know with an eight with an 18 week schedule now. Um, But that game, I think, is going to be uh, a really good test for a Packers team late in the year um, with wherever we're at in the season. But hoping for a healthy game on both sides, you never know. With with week 16, who knows who's available on both sides. Uh, but that'll be a fun one to watch for sure. Uh, what's 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 your game of the year, Tyler?
1: Uh, I'm going to be honest. I'm going a lot earlier in the season. I do think one of the more pivotal matchups is going to be that third game against the San Francisco 49ers. I know that they got a nice win last year, but that was you know a completely injury-riddled 49ers team. I think it's one of those, you know, demons they have to exercise early in the year. Like that was a team that just had their calling card all over the place. Um, you know, just a couple seasons ago, both in the regular season and in the NFC Championship. It's going to be a fully stacked team. They are no, they no longer have Robert Sala as defensive coordinator. But I mean, just across the board, man, there's so many talented players. And if Trey Lance is starting, or at least getting into those sub packages where they're running these. You know, exotic quarterback designed runs, these options getting Mostert out into the boundary with his speed, it's going to be such a test for Joe Barry early on too. I just think if you can reasonably get into that game two and zero, and then you can come away with a win, that's something where you're starting three and zero in a 17 game season where you know, there's a lot of potential there to make a run. So I think that's going to be something that's going to have a huge impact on the rest of the year. Hopefully it's not a demoralizing defeat where they give up like 400 rushing yards or something like that. Um, But definitely one I'm going to be keeping an eye on uh, as far as record predictions go. um, Again, I'm going to need a second to, you know, work my brain around the 17 games. Uh, I think I'm going to go 12 and five. I think that's pretty aggressive. I think that's on the higher end, more optimistic side of things, but I do think, you know, I think there's going to be some growing pains on the defense early on, but I do think Barry's at least going to call the right plays. He's not going to run 10 yards off coverage on third and one. I think we're going to see, you know, a lot of the younger guys step up on defense and then the offense. I think it's going to be business as usual, right? 12 is going to be an MVP candidate, maybe front runner. Uh, We've got AJ Dillon with an increased workload. I, I just see a lot of positive things coming from the team this year.
2: Yeah, I agree, Tyler. You actually took my win total. I was also gonna go twelve and five, so I'll I'll be different. I'll go thirteen and four. Another thirteen win season, uh, just going game by game here. Um, but it's it's definitely gonna be interesting early on here. You know, this uh, this new approach under the floor, kind of that Sean McVay approach, where we're not even seeing starters suit up in in the preseason. I don't know how cold these guys are gonna be. Um, you have to imagine twelve is gonna hit the ground running. Most of these starters will. This isn't their first rodeo. Um, and I I agree with you. I think the defensive side of the ball is going to be one thing to look out for. Um, obviously, Zadarius, that situation a little cloudy right now. Um, but I'm excited to see what Joe Barry brings. It's It sounds like good return so far this offseason. Um, I think it's going to be another, uh, an, another great Packers season, though, that's for sure.
1: You know, I think you brought up a good point. I wasn't as worried about the starters not playing during the preseason until I watched the opening college football weekend where uh, there was just some sloppy play, right? Like a lot of teams that were nationally ranked that were supposed to, um, you know, be play at a high level, like, you know, my Indiana Hoosiers, we can just gloss over that loss. Um, but you just it's one of those things where you do need some in-game experience to get in the flow of things. Makes me wonder if it's going to be a little sloppy uh, week one against the Saints. Uh, but that being said, you know, could be a Jameis Winston turnover kind of day, uh, but that's our schedule predictions. Uh, I know, I think we can, you know, at least give Caleb, we can both take 12 and five, you know, I know it's not different, but you know, I'm okay with it. Um, let's move forward to something a little bit, uh, different, you know, uh, some fantasy football. I know drafts are coming up this week. I've got, I think all of mine are Tuesday, the day that this is coming out and Wednesday. Um, I do have some experience on this end. Did work at FanDuel. did a little bit of fantasy preview back in the day. Um, but, you know, can't wait. I always love fantasy football. Caleb, are you in any leagues this year?
2: Tyler, I have I have a draft in about four and a half hours. Oh, fantastic. Um, so on top of prepping for our first show here, uh, I'm also prepping to get my ass kicked in my high school league. Um, last year wasn't my best performance. Um, I'm, I'm an RB heavy guy. Uh, so we'll get to some of the the Packers guys we're excited about, Aaron Jones being one of those, a little sneak peek there. Um but yes, I'm in the one this year. I wasn't two last year and that was just too much for me. So I'm I'm back down to one.
1: Wow. Just one. OK, well, so if it's a high school league that I'm imagining that just all the Packers players go way too early.
2: That's correct. OK, uh, OK. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. All
1: right. Well, I, you know, I, I respect it. I respect it. Uh, I am reigning champion in my longtime league. I've been commissioner of with my high school buddies. I had to drop that in there because I'm sure they're going to be listening. I'm sure they're going to love to hear that Tyler is the reigning champion. So just had to, you know, sprinkle that in there. Uh, It is my first championship in a league I've run for 12 years. And as the guy that, you know, does this on the side, you know, and gets paid to do it, they're just like, how come you've never won? So it was one of those things where it was like, you know, Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers getting that can he win the big one, you know, off your back feels pretty good. I'm not going to lie, but (laughs) let's go ahead and get into, you know, obviously we should talk about the studs. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to be, you know, a top five, top 10 QB again, fantasy wise. Uh, I guess my concern with it, you know, there is that chance for regression with all the defenses and the schedule he's playing, but really it's just, he's not as mobile as he used to be and all these other top fantasy darlings are all these, uh, quarterbacks who can, you know, take off with their legs.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. I think, um, that's what's holding him back. I think like you mentioned the regression, um, you know, I hate to say 12 might not put up the numbers he did last year. Uh, we got the extra game, obviously, so that could factor in a little bit, but you uh, you nailed it. Um, he's not exactly doing it with his legs as much anymore. We could see a few rushing touchdowns. Uh, we'll get the belt from time to time. Um, but mainly this guy is efficient through the air. Um, I think that's why you're not seeing him ahead of guys like Mahomes, like Lamar Jackson, Kyler Murray, and uh, some leagues Dak Prescott. Uh, so guys like that, you know, Josh Allen. Um, so while he's going to be a good option for your fantasy team, I think it's it's easy to see why he may not be QB1, even as he is the reigning MVP of the league.
1: I will say the one guy I always want in every league, I can never get him just because everyone loves him at this point. He's just so widely recognized nationally. It is Devontae Adams. Uh, I know we're talking about regression for Rodgers, but I really just can't see it with Adams, right? This guy has probably the best release off the line of scrimmage in football creates so much separation right away. And I mean, we're talking about having six wide receivers on the active roster right now. That does not matter. Rogers knows to look for Adams constantly. Uh, I expect that workload to stay, you know, very much the same.
2: Yeah. 100%. Uh, Nobody's staying with this guy. You know, he's not the fastest guy in the team, but nobody stays with this guy off the line, off of his breaks. Um, a virtual lock, uh, week in, week out. You know, you're looking at a floor PPR, full point PPR of at least maybe 15 points uh, week in and week out. So, you know, a guy you can slot in as maybe the first wide receiver taken off the board and, and feel more than comfortable about it.
1: I, I, there is also that concern, you know, he does miss games, right? I think, you know, he obviously stayed healthy, you know, relatively speaking last year. Um, but he is one of those guys that can miss some games. But that doesn't bother me, especially when playoff time comes around. It's a guy that can put up like what 150 and two tutties. So it's someone, it's someone that you're going to be you know upset if you don't have him in your lineup and you passed on him in the draft just because you know you're worried about some injury history. Um, Other stud, obviously, he's had some monster seasons on the ground. uh, Is Aaron Jones? Now I'm curious for your thoughts on this. You know, he's still like projected as a first round pick in leagues. Are you shying away from him with, you know, what potentially could be a decreased workload with uh, the emergence of Dylan?
2: Yeah, not only the emergence of Dylan, but I think we saw Kylan Hill come on pretty Mm -hmm. strong there uh, during the preseason. I could see him maybe taking some snaps on third downs. Um, Even when you look back last year, Jones was losing time to Jamal Williams. I think it ended up being somewhere around a 60-40 timeshare. Um, I hesitate to call it a timeshare, but during the regular season, it did seem like they were flipping in and out uh, basically every other series. Um, that did concern me, seeing as he was my first-round draft pick last year. Uh, That's something. Um, yeah, yeah, it was. Not quite the production you're hoping for with uh, pick number 11 overall. But this guy... I mean, what can you say about him? He's one of the most talented runners I've seen on the Packers and, and potentially one of the top five runners in the entire league. You stack him up with guys like Nick Chubb, maybe Zeke Elliott. Um, but I think volume aside, this guy is going to get you points, whether it be yards per carry. Um, he's going to cross that threshold mainly of 60 yards pretty much each and every game. Uh, you can You can slot him in for some catches as well. Um and he will have those occasional games where he's going for 40 plus. I can remember one time last year, um, definitely going for 40. Uh, whenever he does do that, you are going to win that week. Um, so this guy is a team you should be looking for on your team as well.
1: There is one point I want to make in that I feel like, you know, he has made an impact as a pass catching running back, even when he split out wide. And one of the personnel packages I would love to see this year, because LaFleur sprinkled in a little bit, is the pony package where you have, you know, uh, both running backs in the gun next to Rogers and, you know, Dylan and Jones, you can move one of them into motion. There's just so much potential for creativity there where I do think it gives Jones the opportunity to get an increased workload, you know, in the passing game. And that is something I'm really hoping for. You know, if, if Dylan's going to start getting some rushes, especially, you know, come fantasy playoffs when it's Lambo, it's freezing, it's snowing. You want the, you want quadzilla out there just running over 340 pounds, defensive tackles. Uh, There is still that potential where Jones can, you know, make an impact in the receiving game. Uh, I do want to move on, though, as far as, you know, breakout guys you're looking for. I I do want to go first just because it feels wrong that we've gone over half an hour and we haven't mentioned Marquez Valdez Scantling. Right. Uh, Yes. Yes. This guy from all reports is having not only just a monster training camp, but his interviews just sounds like a different person. It does feel like the past couple of seasons when we've seen those flashes from him but the one thing he was missing was just confidence. It comes with the drops. You know, sometimes he had some quiet games. There is no lack of confidence anymore with MPS. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, specifically, you can point to uh, the game against your hometown Colts there, Tyler, yep. uh, with the drop on the sideline there. Not I was at that game. Thing, the game. I was at yeah, that game. It was well, uh, I will something. Say it, did. it did matter. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It was, uh, you know, everyone remembers the fumble and all of that. But he did have such an incredible catch uh, on that final drive before end of regulation that I do think it's overshadowed.
2: Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think you look at the wide receiver depth chart, I think bringing in Cobb, it is what it is. I don't think he's going to be the second most producing wide receiver on the team. I think we're talking about him. I think it's MBS. Um, A lot of people like Lazard, uh, for good reason, but I think he also is who he is. I think he's a phenomenal blocker on the outside. I think he can get open um, in those third and five situations over the middle, something along those lines. I think MVS. Uh, you have all of the offseason hype. Uh, you know, we found out he's a he's an avid book reader. I don't know what that does from a fantasy perspective, <laughs> but. <laughs> But, um, you know, it is interesting to hear more about these guys and learn a little bit about their lives. It sounds like he's a lot more comfortable in his role and as a veteran player now. Um, I'm really excited to see what this guy can do. I know I personally am targeting him late in my drafts. Yeah, in drafts uh, plural, uh, singular. In my one draft tonight, I will be targeting MVS. Uh, good thing this doesn't come out until tomorrow, or else my friends might figure it
1: out. Yeah, that would be uh, that would be pretty unfortunate for you. Yeah, we talked about Lazard, but from a fantasy perspective, I love what Lazard does. Blocking is not going to get you fantasy points. Uh, MVS deep down the middle is going to be someone that's definitely going to get you points. Uh, another guy we got to mention though is AJ Dillon. Uh, This is really his year to become that number two back. Uh, We saw in that game against Tennessee where he just was unstoppable. It is one of those guys where I'm wondering if LaFleur wants to, you know, be a little more conservative with him until it starts getting cold, you know, until, you know, Jones needs some load management. Uh, Do you think he's a guy that they might lean on a little bit more heavily earlier in the year?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Like I said before, I think he, he more or less slots into that Jamal Williams role, um, I think his hands are are a tad bit underrated. This guy can catch out of the backfield as well as he can run. Um, I agree. I think uh, throwing him out in the cold weather games definitely has its advantages, which you saw last year. I know he was dealing with the COVID symptoms for, uh, for a while there. We didn't see him. Um, but what do you do when there's a Mack truck coming at you in, in 20 degrees Fahrenheit, Tyler? I don't, I don't really know how you stop somebody like that.
1: (laughs) That's a fair point. Uh, the only other guy I wanted to bring up, but I think we need to do this as more of a going into also guys we might think might regress as far as fantasy is Robert Tunyon. Is this a guy that we think breaks out? Is this a guy we think takes a step back?
2: I think last year was the breakout Tyler. I think, I think this year, um, I mean, how can you be more efficient than Tunyon was last season? I think, While he's going to be a good player, he's a guy that Rodgers likes a lot, obviously. Um, He's going to get those catches, probably finish around uh, the 50 catch mark like he did last year. I don't know if we'll see double-digit touchdowns again. I think I don't want to call it an anomaly, but I think we are deeper at that position now, specifically uh, bringing back DeGuara. Uh, Still got Big Dog in there. Daphne's on the roster until uh, Sternberger comes back. We'll see what happens there. Um, I do see regression in this guy's future, though. I, I love him as a player, but last year was just way too, um, you know, way too good from uh, from a breakout perspective.
1: Yeah, I think I'm on the same boat. I think I think he's being appropriately rated as far as you know average draft position. I think he's tight end like nine right now. I think that's mm-hmm. fair. I think it's there's gonna be so many mouths to feed on that offense even at the tight end position which is you know wild to think about uh, i do think he takes a step back and then obviously the guy that you know everyone's keeping an eye on is regression from Aaron Jones i feel like we've touched on the, that a bit already um i don't think he's worth the first round pick and that's coming from like the biggest aaron jones fan you can you know think of i just think he's one of those guys where especially again I always when I'm drafting I always think is this guy going to win me a fantasy championship when playoffs come around when it's cold guys are potentially getting rested and I do think it's one of those situations where as the season you know gets later and later they might ease him off so they can have him fresh for the playoffs.
2: Tyler how can you say that after after buying a I know. New throwback jersey? Yeah,
1: I know, right? Um I'm just thinking from fantasy, you know. Again, I would if I was LaFerre, I would do exactly that. I would prefer that they keep him fresh for the postseason. So we're just talking yeah, fantasy right. here, and, and
2: it, yeah. And especially with the new contract, I think there has to be a little bit of a, a workload worked in, like we saw last season with the, with the split between him and Williams. Um, no doubt, he's not taking the you know one hundred percent of the touches from the running back position. He's a smaller body guy. I think those hits definitely add up now over eighteen weeks. Um, You know, it's, it's frustrating from a fantasy perspective to own a guy that's, that's in and out, um, you know, not as much as you would like. Um, but he is, he's, he's an efficient player. So when he does get those touches, uh, you know, he can explode one of those long runs that we're so used to seeing now.
1: I have one last question for fantasy before we move on to, you know, one last question. Um, do we take a look at the Packers defense in week one? I I mean, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, you know, you look I, at- I
2: love this. I absolutely love this 30 for 30, Jameis Winston in the flesh. I mean, how do you not see Amos and Savage with one interception each at the end of this game?
1: I'm, I'm excited about sacks. You know, even if it's is out, I still think the sack potential is there. Um, I'm thinking turnovers and I'm thinking no Michael Thomas either. I mean, a lot of people are hyping up Marquez Callaway, but you know, you're losing one of your stars on your offense. You're losing drew Brees. Um, uh, it is week one. Things could be a little sloppy. Um, I'm just saying, if you don't have a if you don't have a top two defense, your defense is playing, you know, maybe you have the Saints defense and they're playing the Packers. Uh, just consider it. I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying I'm just saying think about it.
2: It's it's definitely a decent streaming option. You know, Sean Payton is always enough reason to give you pause. Um, also with Alvin Kamara there, we've we, we've we've seen what he's done to the Packers defense in the past. Um, so I'll, I'll leave it at that. But yes, no Michael Thomas. Uh, we have some offseason hype about Marquez Calloway. Don't know if I'm buying that. I am buying that James Winston is the starting quarterback, and I love every bit of that.
1: I will say I absolutely love Kamara. Uh, he did win Damn. me my fantasy championship watching him score. Was it like six touchdowns on Christmas Day? Something like that uh, Literally just sealed it for me. So we'll always be a big fan of that guy. Contact balance for days. Uh, just another side note. If you have an opportunity to draft him, I 100% would big fan of that guy. Uh, but that's enough fantasy talk. You know, we might sprinkle that in later uh, going forward. We don't have much else for you guys. A uh, big thing I'd love to ask for, for our listeners. If you have suggestions on what you want to hear from us, Uh, Any feedback, you know, questions, comments, concerns, uh, feel free to provide it. You know, we're here to make sure this is as effective and enjoyable of a podcast for you guys as possible. Uh, But before we go, one last question, you know, week one coming up on Sunday. Cannot wait. But Caleb, you know, what or who are you most excited about this year for the Packers?
2: Oh, man. Um, Can I say the entire defense? Is that a cop out?
1: No, I'm not. Not at all. Are you including Joe Barry in that?
2: I'm including Joe Barry. I think that's that's uh, the main reason. I, I just think this defense is is primed. It seems like one of those situations where we're right on the edge of being a truly elite defense. And I think you see um, the depth that we have. You know, we talked about a little bit Cedarius Smith being out um, for how long we don't know, uh, but we have Rashawn Gary waiting in the wings right now. And um, I'm I'm so excited to see what this guy can do. I think Savage also um, coming out. Um, breakout campaign nationally. Amos is is rock solid. Um, I, I I like Barnes and Campbell in the middle. Um, Jair on the outside, obviously, and uh, the new rookie out there as well, Eric Stoke Eric Stokes. Um, so lots of pieces to be excited about. If I had to pick one player though, I think we already touched on him, and it's MBS. I I could see this guy having a 1,000 yard season. I don't know about double digit touchdowns, but I think he truly steps into that wide receiver two role. Um, and is a guy that that is worth mentioning now and game planning for from here on out.
1: Well, by taking the entire defense and MVS, you kind of really stole my (laughs) thunder, man. Uh, I was going to touch on MVS. I was going to touch. I think I'm expecting big things in their third years from Gary and Savage. Uh, The one thing I'm excited for, could be great, could be terrible, is the defensive line. I do really think that they added some low-key depth there. We're getting a healthy Kingsley Kiki, Hopefully Kenny Clark continues to be a dominant, you know, all pro level defensive lineman. And then we got some rookies in there that are really intriguing to me. I've heard nothing but great things about TJ Slayton, uh, someone that's shown a lot of explosiveness on the D-line. And then we got an undrafted guy out there, Jack Heflin. Uh, He's been described as a garbage can full of dirt, just as far as how hard he is to move. Uh, And he showed up, him and Slayton, I thought, really shined in the preseason. Defensive line depth, especially against the run, has been such a concern for so long. I do think this is a year where we have a lot of new faces out there that could finally, fingers crossed, have an impact, generate some push in the trenches.
2: Yeah, definitely. Slayton is a is a big man. I would not want to be against that guy 1v1.
1: <laughs> Absolutely not. Well, uh, that's all we got for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Caleb, you got anything on your end?
2: Um. You know what? I don't. I don't think so. It's it's tough to say, Tyler. You know, this is our first episode. I'm just. I'm super excited to be um, in front of Packers fans in this capacity. Um, I think I spoke on it a little bit earlier. Um, you know, I haven't played football in my life, but what I do have is is um, a long depth of knowledge of the Packers. Uh, it's, it's one of my favorite things to do is just talk about this team. Uh, I think as we go on this season, it's going to be. It's going to be fun chopping it up with you, um, getting some of my thoughts, maybe some frustrations out with uh, the season rolling. That along. could happen. I'm yeah. just, just <laughs> excited. Yeah, I'm just excited to get going.
1: Yeah, I think, like I said, I think it's nice. I I may not have the most playing experience, but I do have a lot of experience breaking down the film and things like that. But I think as far as filling in the holes in my knowledge is having a hometown guy that knows a lot about the community, right? So, Caleb, you know, so excited to have you on here. We cannot wait. Uh, Packers fans everywhere. Thank you so much for listening. We will see you guys next week.
2: And we love gold.
1: We love gold.